Welcome back to the Birth Booth podcast with me, your host, Eni. Joining us today, we have Ola Pele. Ola has three beautiful children. Alongside raising her children, she is a brand partnerships manager at TikTok, where she manages their beauty and technology partnerships. She has over 10 years experience working within the corporate sector. And today she is here to share with us her incredible home birth experience. So without further ado, Ola, welcome to the Birth Booth podcast. <laughs> Hi, Annie. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, great. It's a pleasure to have you on. I'm so excited to get into this conversation with you, honestly. I'm excited to chat all things home birth. Let's get into it. Great. But before we get into it, here on the birth booth, we do like to kick things off with an icebreaker. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's do it. Good. So growing up as a child, who was your favourite school teacher and why? Uh, A lady called Mrs. Few. um, And she used to bring me jammy dodgers into school. (laughs) Do you know jammy dodgers, the biscuit? um yeah probably nowadays like with the whole innocence that's been destroyed people would have wondered why she's bringing um jammy dodgers into school but she was just such a beautiful teacher and I just moved over from Nigeria so she was my first teacher yeah um and I was in year two and she just made sure that I fitted in well with everyone it's not funny like year two I remember her no honestly it's a story because like um she actually passed away later on like a couple of years later and she just you know it just shows how someone can leave such a massive impact on you like you asked me that and I couldn't even I straight away it was Miss Few um yeah rest in peace Mrs Few Few yeah yeah Cool. Yeah, she was lovely. Those jammy dodges, I remember. Every time I see jammy dodges now, it just brings back really good memories. But yeah, oh, sorry like... to um, bring your make your icebreaker a little bit deep. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> no, not, not at all. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's so amazing how teachers can have such an amazing impact um, on the life of children. Like year yeah. two, that's going way back, honestly. Wow. It's yeah, great. it is a long time ago. Yeah, very much so. So uh i know you i think we all know you to be honest but if you can (laughs) just introduce yourself um and just talk to us a little bit about what you do um and who you are yeah so hi as any said my name is ola pello on social it's funny because i still get posts in ola pello but my full name is ola duni Hello, Vangu. Yeah. You'll, t- <laughs> you'll tell you'll tell from the beginning part. I'm from Nigeria and the surname, my husband is Hongolese, Pella Vangu. Um, so that's where those two names come from. Okay. I'm a mum of three, so I have a five-year-old, Maya, a two-year-old, Micah Remy, and an eight-month-old, soon to be nine months this weekend, dream. And we live in South London, South East London, probably, yeah, Bromley, borderline Kent, but I still like to say London, stay close to London, you know, London. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you can so, buy your plantain. So you can buy your plantain. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Move further into Kent, that plantain becomes like, I don't know, two for a pound. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and just like any said as well, like the, our whole thing on social is we're a family that really bond over cooking. Most 
um, of our cooking and dishes include plantain. We have an obsession with plantain, but yeah, it's feel good food. Like it's actually a superfood, and it makes you feel, plantain is almost running out. If I see one just plantain sitting by itself in our house, I literally cannot have that. I'm like, no, nah, that plantain is lonely. Um, so, but as any said earlier, I'm also brand partnerships manager at TikTok, where I look after BC and tech partnerships. Um, I'm new in the role, so I've only been in the role um, for two months, um, going into my third month now. But prior to that, I ran my own brand consultancy agency for two, oh, just over two years. Uh, before that, I was head of uh, brand partnerships for beauty, fashion and retail at Global Media and Entertainment. So that's where Capital Heart FM, Capital Extra, LBC, Gold, Classic, and I manage all their radio partnerships. And then before that, I was business manager at Mac Cosmetics. So I looked after, (laughs) most likely, I looked after my main door and account was Selfridges, which was their number one global door. So I was responsible for probably about just over nine million pounds worth of turnover Mac on the ground floor and Mac on the third floor. Uh, And before that, where I met my husband, I was at Nike as women's training specialist and lead. So focused around like, Serena Williams, tennis stuff. Um, yeah, as you someone got to meet her as well, didn't you? Yes, yes, got to oh meet Serena gosh. Williams. I think I would have fainted. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> she is an idol of mine, having played tennis as a young person as yeah. well, so it was quite nice. And, and that's where I met Darcy. But if, we're going, if we want to go way, 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 way back, and I always do this story taking it way back, I started as just turned 15. I started on my 16th birthday. Um, at Russell and Bromley as a Saturday girl and then left six years later as store management so I guess from early on I've always wanted to get into the world of work really start earning my own not even just money just earning your own stripes when it comes to like Mm. your career um, yeah your career medals and stuff and proving to yourself that you can go into something have ideas and really kind of develop a concept absolutely you sound so ambitious and I really love that about you like I'm just like nuggets 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 I claim I claim I claim, I claim. goals 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 Gosh. <laughs> yeah no honestly you have such a fabulous phenomenal um wealth of knowledge so yeah it'll definitely be good to connect with you and get some of the tips um moving forward with that um so if you could just talk to us a little bit about um what made you consider home birth so just going into home birth now Okay, so um, before we got to feeling confident enough to do our home birth, so the first one was a normal hospital birth. We had it in King's College Hospital where Maya was born. She was nine pounds, eight ounces, and um, she came shortly after a hot, fiery Nando's, um, the one on the corner in... um... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 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 that one. And then so we walked up and the labour really kick-started. She was she was big I tore I had a third degree tear um and needed help to get her out as well but of course yeah she turned up looking like she's a three-month baby like I just delivered a three-month-old baby but yeah Maya stole our heart she started everything for us when it came to parenthood and then next time around we really wanted to feel a lot more in control so with Michael Remy it was a tough pregnancy towards the end because we lost my mum two months before I was due to give birth um so Remy was my mum's name hence why he's called Micah Remy 
Um, so we were going to call him Micah John, which me and my mum had decided on before she passed away. She wasn't yeah. ill. We just always liked, John was my granddad's name, her dad's yeah. name. So we said we'd call him MJ for short. So okay. that all changed when mum passed. She passed away with an um, underlying blood condition that okay. had gone unnoticed for many years. So she just went into the hospital at Lewisham and six hours later she had passed. She hadn't been ill. She never knew she was ill and stuff. So that was really hard to take, especially being pregnant. So we really needed not knowing that I wouldn't have my mum there and she was also in the medical field as well. Um, we wanted some of that control back. So Michael Remy was born in the birthing centre um in queen elizabeth and he was a water birth as well okay. so that was really really um just had gas and air and water birth with um with micah remy mm. so i think progressively you can see how we got to that stage where we felt, felt confident enough because Absolutely. the first stage mum was there the second stage we did it basically by ourselves because yeah. they just stood there and really let us feel in control and then yeah. the third time round, we felt confident confident enough to have a home birth mm. so from the word go we were asking about a home birth but what was interesting is I found that they don't offer you that option so you have to want to kind of you have to be inquisitive you want to kind of oh yeah what about a home birth but the yeah. first question they really ask you is what hospital are you going to deliver in? And to mm. someone who's not been in that, in that situation before, that might make you feel like that's the only option. Mm. Whereas home birth isn't really discussed as much as something that is a, an option for you to yeah. consider. It's basic. And even the fact that if you're given a hospital, you have the choice to ask for another hospital because yeah. they, um, a few midwives um, did try initially to be like, okay, so your local hospital would be Lewisham or mm. would be Queen Elizabeth. Mm. And you, some people will just take that as given, not knowing that, okay, maybe I want to give birth at Princess Royal. Or maybe I want to give birth at yeah. somewhere else um, because it's closer to my auntie who can have the kids and stuff mm. like that. So really taking the control back that allows you to be the person who's saying, okay, I'm bringing this child into the world. What is going to make me the most mentally like prepared and it's not going to be like i'm fitting they're squeezing me into their routine they should really be here to support me on my birth plan yeah um so home birth that's how we got to home birth but the experience yeah definitely the best out of all three just because the whole family was there and being able to just kind of go back to normality quite quickly Mm. um and not having to be outside of our own physical space um and it was it was a special one because the midwife that turned up actually knew my mum and had worked with my mum in the same hospital and as I don't know I don't believe in coincidences it just really made me feel as if she was there yeah it's one of a, a huge pain point for me and something that really still hurts that like I've got these three beautiful children and she's not around to see them grow up yeah so Definitely home birth. Um, started off in the bath. Are we going into the story yet? Or do you want me okay. to hang off? <laughs> <laughs> I was actually going to come to that. So yeah, we can keep going. My, my, my next question was, um, talk to us about your birthing experience at home. What that was like. <clears throat> yeah, I'm going Okay, so, so I'm going to share something that I haven't actually shared publicly before. Something that happened that if it hadn't been the fact that we're, uh, we asked a lot of questions. Yeah. Or the fact it was in our own home it could actually be quite fatal so up until the point of the incident that I'm going to talk about 
everything had been going fine. All our appointments, all your bloods get done at home. The only thing you go in for is your two scans. Like, yeah. And that's like the ease that this is why I feel like if you're considering it and you have other children and you don't want to save on the hospital parking as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's expensive. Yes. yes. So my, my, um, so it got to, I think I was about 36 or no, 37 weeks pregnant. And you have this on call uh, midwife team that you call on your book and called them in and unfortunately the team that I've been dealing with weren't available okay so these ladies came in and stuff and they was like oh they examined me and I was like oh good news like and I'd been having these really what I thought were contractions but what would later turn out was actually a urine infection that was causing that those contractions so um they were like yeah good news you're fully dilated like let's get you in the bath but I've had two kids before and it just didn't feel like those contractions that could lead to a baby yeah so I was like there was like okay so um we can basically see the your baby's head right and I was like right okay and I was like so on the next contraction we really want you to push we really want you to push and of course I'm listening to them thinking am I not I started questioning myself and I'm pushing and let's just say my baby wasn't born until another four weeks after this incident. <laughs> wow. And that could have led to, I'm putting so much pressure on pushing down, pushing, yeah. pushing, pushing. My baby's not ready to come out. Obviously at this point, I felt like I was about to pass out because they're telling me you've got next one that you kind of feel you've got to start pushing. We can see your baby's head. And, and here is where this sort of un- experience of birthing women of, or understanding women of, different races comes into it and the explanation that I was given when I raised this as a major concern that could have led to myself and my baby being in like extreme danger was she saw the skin of my um vagina Mm -hmm. and obviously it wasn't like super bushy or hairy or whatever but she thought that the hair down there was the hair of my baby's hair or something like that and having another midwife who gave me her second opinion was like if you had experience with birthing black women or even just understanding or listening to them textures or yeah or list exactly i'm talking to you exactly (laughs) you you would know the different hair textures and that for me was it was i felt was a huge display of negligence that if it hadn't been in my own home and this is what another midwife has also said they had to write in my notes that I'd been pushing for 40 minutes. They would have had to induce me because there's no yeah. way you would be able to cover that up. Sending a woman home after you said she was in active yep. labor and she's been pushing for 40 minutes. This is how our black women are being put in at risk at hospitals because of things like that. That would have been a situation. But what saved us was the fact that I was in my own home. Mm. So they had to leave. They had to go, but I had to, I could stay at home. Mm. Now imagine that happening in a hospital because that, that could lead to so many like claims, like you can't make a woman push and you, you, here was the first mistake. You examined me, you told me I was fully dilated, but apparently it was a student midwife and yes, everyone has to learn, but it wasn't double checked by the other midwife who was there. And I'm telling you, are you sure? I am in labor. There is no woman on earth 
who would be in labor and telling you, are you sure I'm in labor? Because that pain itself would be like, okay. So the fact I asked that three times should have raised red, red flags, like straight up. So um, that's the first time I'm sharing that one, because in the end, my experience was good because Beverly, my midwife, who then um, helped deliver dream in the end, who knew my mum, she turned up on the day that it, and, and that's the thing like it wasn't a coincidence that she wasn't available or whatever, because when the time came, Beverly was the one who arrived, she came <laughs> and she'd been the one doing all my care and stuff. Yeah. I had two black midwives and this is not a discrimination sort of thing. This is a, sometimes when you see someone who looks like you, when you've been hearing this um, um, mortality and fatality rates yeah. um, that you have done, it puts your mind at ease. This is not a, um, I needed a black, this is, I, I just needed that for my soul, having yeah. gone through what had happened. Mm. And, and Beverly and um, Julia, the other lady was called, they gave me so, gave us so much reassurance. And yeah. Dream came within two and a half hours, I think it was, from them being called. They oh, arrived. Quite quick, actually. Yeah, yeah. And they, they just, like, how do you feel? They just kept asking me, how do yeah. you feel? How do you feel? They were asking me all the questions and I never, like, if you don't feel comfortable in the bath, should we go to your bedroom? How do you feel? And in the end, I delivered Dream on our bed and they got sheets. We did it ad hoc. We got black bean bags out. <laughs> they already had some sheets and stuff. And he came out and he, she just, it was just the most beautiful experience. But yeah. I can, can, I can see that there are so many opportunities. There are so many instances that something yeah. could have gone wrong, that mm-hmm. just because it was a home birth and we were more in control, we felt more confident to ask those questions. Um, whereas in a hospital, you're in somebody else's house. Like you look, if you look at it that way, like it's like you can't come into someone else, else's house and start dictating the rules to them. Absolutely, yeah, no, so, absolutely. And that's why I'm all for home birthing. Like mm. just your body naturally feels more at ease. The place where you sleep, the place where you laugh, the place where so you true. cry. Like you're not you, hearing any any factors. Like do you know like did it like the bibs like on the, the ward yeah. or other things? <laughs> yeah. All, all these factors add to new stresses that your body is not used to. And this for me is where being at home, you'll hear the sound of maybe a car going by. You'll hear the sound of the TV on. You'll smell the same sort of smell. Mm. Naturally, all of those factors help your body stay calm. Um, So, yeah, sorry, you were going to say something. I wanted to ask, I mean, when you had your firstborn, Maya, do you feel like you would have considered a home birth at that point? Um, Was that that a part of your consideration or or no? Mm No, no, not yet. Just because I felt like I I needed so much help to get Maya out. Um, I think the home birth confidence also came after being able to have a good experience with Micah Remy um, as a water birth. So it just kind of felt like because it's in the birthing center, it actually feels like a bit like a hotel room. So Mm. I felt like, okay, the next stage would be to be in your home, like, because there was not that much of an intervention and Mm -hmm. our bodies were made for this. And just having, I had, um, what do you call it? Hypno birthing track on, you can have your own music, you can have your own food in there and stuff. So you just didn't feel like you were encroaching on anybody's privacy and people would come in, they would knock before, like, it was very much like you were, it was um it was very what's it called like it was you led like like is it birth led like you led the whole process I can't remember what the word is you led the whole process and yeah midwifery led led but even when they came in they would stand to the side and be like we're just gonna watch you like we're just gonna 
and that yeah. in so itself it was a completely like, different experience from yeah from Maya completely completely I mean you know recently I feel like we've seen quite a few influencers who have given birth at home you know yourself you have Patricia Bright although I think that was accidental um Shah as well yeah um do you think this will encourage more millennials to consider home births perhaps I think definitely because we're a new generation and I probably think I I would have still pushed for it if my mum was around but she would have still pushed back as well because we live with their fears it's like those fears have really kind of followed us through to our motherhood as well and so there's education to be done both ways to kind Mm. of like educate and that because to our parents like there is no better place the hospital is the best place I mean the majority of parents so it's a new style of kind of saying look mum we've got this like you can come you can be with me you can do this you can Mm. like and letting them know that the risk is higher in hospital than it is at your house because it's usually the opposite that they're thinking what happens if something goes wrong well yeah like and I don't really like to think that way. And yes, you have mm. to plan for all eventualities and stuff. I mean, every time I've been pregnant, I prepare myself mentally that this could happen. This could be a cesarean. But I'm ready. I've accepted that in my head. And I don't yeah. allow myself to go down the hole. It has to be this way because then I'm not sort of breaking any sort of, oh, I'm not, I'm not disappointed. There's yes. nothing to be disappointed about if you're like, yeah. whatever way this baby comes out, whether it's airlifted out by a cesarean, I'm having this baby and me and this baby will live. Mm. I think that's the only thing that you should worry about the end result of you and your baby being healthy and not really about, I'm going to have this particular brand of this in my hospital bag or like, yeah. I think we're placing too much of an emphasis on the material thing that's, that surrounds birth. And it really should be more around what's coming out of it, which is this beautiful Definitely. life that you have to work on nurturing so yeah yeah definitely I mean just just touching back on what you just said it's almost like I mean the first question that a lot of people have when it comes to home birth is so what happens if something goes wrong (laughs) Mm. everyone's natural default is what happens if something goes wrong and I feel like for that reason a lot of women who may have even wanted to opt for home birth are now like you know what I'm not considering this because I can't convince myself let alone my partner that a home birth is the option that we both want or that I want rather. So, Mm. I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that? Um, me and Jazzy got asked this question so many times. We'd be like, you guys are like, we used to get, you guys are crazy. You guys are nuts. He's like, and then his friends would be like, what? brother are you going to deliver that baby and he's like no we're going to have real... like so there were so many misconceptions oh, when you say you're having your baby at home you're like look we're not doing it by ourselves we're just choosing the place where this baby they bring everything gas and air they bring it like the only thing that you can't have is like things like an, an epidural, epidural and stuff yeah. at home but they bring everything and they they can check the baby's heartbeat they can check so many stuff yeah. and regular checks as well they haven't got to walk down the ward to come back to find you and stuff they're in your house they'll make themselves a cup of tea or you can make them a cup of tea when I say that 100% undivided attention is on you if anything's going to go wrong and you're going to worry whether it's going to be missed it's going to be sometimes in a hospital when they've got so many women to be catering to at the same time Mm. so imagine now being the only one in your house that they've come to make sure that you deliver that baby you've got all eyes on you sometimes three midwives four midwives yeah like 
and the home team that's what they're they're there to do they are dedicated home specialists Absolutely. so yes. um that is what happens if anything goes wrong you have those discussions with them they tell you that they will call an ambulance that yes. like as soon as they go out to um a birth they let they call what's that thing they what's that page they bleep, they, yeah, yeah, bleep. yeah they bleep from page like um other people to say look we're at this location yes. if anything happens do do so at the end of the day, you are safe. The safest place you can ever be yeah. is in your home. Yeah. And like, I'm just going to like hit home on that point again. 100% of the attention is on you mm. in that house. They come to see you. So they might not get called. They might not be like, oh, Beverly, can you come down the road? So-and-so is like, she needs yes. your attention. And then you're worrying because like, do you call them back? Are you, are they too busy for you? Like, no. Absolutely. I think that's the most, I think with home births, I find them so fascinating too, because with a woman's body, nine times out of 10, she's more relaxed at home. And, you know, the hormone oxytocin works so well when the woman is in her own environment. She's, you know, she's more likely to kind of progress, uh, uh, you know, a a little bit more easier really, because there aren't those, like you said, noises and, Mm-hmm. And, and it's so interesting because sometimes you hear women say, I was, I was, I was doing quite well at home. I was having quite a bit of contractions when I was at home. I was quite, having mm-hmm. quite a few contractions at home. Now that I'm in the hospital, everything stopped. And that just goes to just kind of reiterate the fact that the body knows, like it knows this environment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it knows where it is and it, where, you know, where it's most comfortable and it does relax and kind of, you know, kind of labor naturally and a little bit more easier when yeah. you are at home so that's quite an interesting point to take away there um yeah. in terms of noise i feel like this is the question that a lot of people had to ask how did you manage your noise control did you like shut the windows or did your neighbors i don't know did your neighbors hear you screaming and <laughs> going through your labor experience where they're like oh my god what's going on next door <laughs> i don't know how to explain this but if like it's funny you bring up this point well my kids slept through it they woke <laughs> up and they had a new baby brother um so the noise couldn't have been that bad that's all i'm saying because like it wasn't i feel darcy even said like we recorded this and i don't know if you watched the birthing video that we had I did up watch on youtube it, but i don't think it's on youtube anymore I yeah think- obviously because no. it became more of a family channel right? <laughs> people don't they all don't want to go on there seeing me giving birth but um i'm sure we I do think- put it back on there <laughs> <laughs> um but it was more like I pushed into, Bev guided me. She told me when to breathe and I listened. It comes a time when you just have to listen. Mm. Like, and I think like when that fear kicks in and this was the part in the video, it says that I can, I can see and I can hear and I can feel that you're scared. That's what Bev said to me. She went, but it's going to be okay, Honor. It's going to be okay. Yeah. It's making me emotional to think about it now because just hearing those words and the fact that she heard you, she saw you, she understood you, yeah. that's all women ever want in labour. And I think that really took me to that place when I was like, okay, I'm ready to do this now. Mm. And at that point, I felt everything just, I felt this release where it just took me, okay. And he came, so he came on the second push wow. and she told me to push and then he came and he was here. And I think that's all you want during your labor experience. Absolutely. That they, people hear you when you say you're in pain. Mm-hmm. They see you when something changes and then they communicate with you. So important. Definitely. Like, um, yeah. And yeah, I didn't think I'd get emotional talking about it, but I guess when you're reliving that birth process again, yeah. and I'm staring at my balcony where my bathroom is, where it all started off. <laughs> and it's like, 
wow, we are amazing. Like we bring life into this world. So the least we can have is like that support to yeah. do this. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know what it is like birth, I think birth changes women. I've seen women, friends of mine who have, you know, been single, no children, and now they have they they give birth to this baby, and it's all about baby. And it's like, mm. sis, can we can we relate to other things? Mm. Are we having a common ground? Can we have a common ground somewhere? Because now that you have your baby, it's all things motherhood, hun. <laughs> Not like it's yeah. a birthing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, no, you see the love there. But there are you different types that. of mums. There are different types. Of, the ones that love the playgroups. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, but you wouldn't ever really catch me in a playgroup when I, when with the kids because it's just not me I don't want to just talk about babysick and allergies and all that stuff because it's just not me and like you said there's a time for everything and because I want to also like I said there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with mum groups and stuff but just do what makes you feel comfortable because if you want to surround yourself with mums that obviously have more than one children more than one child that can relate to what it's like multitasking make sure that your network reflects that Okay. Not the mums that are living um, like the different, a li- different lifestyle to you that makes you feel like you're not doing your job properly. And it's because you've probably, you're in the wrong circle and th- those circles matter. If you want to surround yourself with mums that want to possibly return back to work and equally have career goals and stuff, mm-hmm. those circles matter. If you want to surround yourself with mums who are looking to set up their own business and not go back to work, those circles matter. So can what you, I'm saying can here... You, can you, would you be able to touch on that a little bit more? Because I find that when I look at the money world, like you said, there's mums that are maybe, you know, more entrepreneurial, so mumtrepreneur, and then you've got the mothers who want to go back into work, and then you've got the mothers who just want to stay at home and probably not work or not become entrepreneurs. So there's so much to it when you kind of leap from being, you know, you and your husband, uh, and then you've got, you, your husband, your children, and trying to make, you know, a new life uh, work, which is probably more flexible, or I don't know, how do you, how do you find your way? How do you go from being single to finding out, okay, this is the kind of mum I want to be? Because I don't, I don't know what that transition looks like. I think you, you just keep finding your way. There is no sort of clarity at the beginning. It's so confusing. But once you start realizing that finding your way is just doing whatever makes you happy and what works, what works for you and your family, that's yeah. part of finding your way. Mm-hmm. Understanding that some people like, oh, they have cleaners. Some people have people who help them around the house. Other people, it's unconventional. Like I said, me and my husband decided like together and it was very much led by him as well. Like we didn't meet, we didn't want a nanny um, or an au pair. And he chose to be full-time for the ki- with the kids. Mm. Whilst at the moment, it's a, sacri- a period of sacrifice for, for us as a family. And he's okay. willing to do that because he's like, if we're bringing these children into the world, um, there's no point both of us working and mm. putting like 1,500 or two grand with three kids into childcare. Absolutely. a month it makes no sense it'll probably be half your salary like <laughs> why like, it just makes no sense so um yeah it just doesn't make sense so 
that was our way of kind of finding our way was just kind of saying what works for us, what yeah. works for us, what makes us happy um, and not comparing ourselves. You can't find your way when you're looking at somebody else's way because it's, it becomes very much like a comparison game. And that, yeah. that is a slippery slope. Oh, so-and-so um, gets to do this with her child. I used to, I, I used to do it with mums that, I used to feel guilty for not wanting to go to too many playgroup events because mm. I'm like, I don't want to be there, but I should maybe be there for my sake. <laughs> but we can all see that Maya didn't lack on that social interaction. <laughs> she soon picked that up because I talked to her like the adult. When we got home from baby, I'd be speaking to her like, where's your dad? Like, I didn't care she was six months. And I think that shows now from how Maya is as a person. So I yeah. think you worry that if you don't take them around other kids, oh, how would they ever learn to interact? How mm. would they? they are very agile beings as children. They are very adaptable. And I think if that time is just for you to build that solid relationship with you and your child, I realized that I didn't need to feel guilty about not wanting to be surrounded yeah. by other mums 100% yeah. of the time. Oh, and right. just, yeah, yeah. Great. I mean, let's just go back to birth because I feel like we just drifted off just a little bit. Let's just come back. So in relation to like your birthing experience of home birth, talk to us about maybe some of the benefits that you think, um, you know, you experienced because you had a birthing uh, experience at home. Uh, I think number one would have to not have to worry, would have to be not to have to worry about childcare. Um, So the children were really very much involved hearing dreams heartbeat from inside and stuff. Um, And they would be around the house. I've booked the appointment so that it'd be near when Maya was coming back from school And, and all those sort of tests that you would usually get yourself worked up overnight over because you would go into hospital the next day Mm. that anxiety wasn't there as much because it was happening in your own home yeah um i definitely feel the whole being able to be close to your family immediately after birth and i mean like this was before pre-covid but like having people that you wanted around who didn't have to worry about hospital visiting times your auntie who can come and drop you your jollof rice and your (laughs) oh my gosh when i say oh gosh the people came people came over like rita my friend rita and nelson who own a business they brought pepper soup they brought so much stuff yeah but that's not ever going to happen like and you get your hospital food and just that returning back to a little bit of normality helps you mentally as well um so I'd probably say that was a big perk um and like I said just kind of feeling that you were in your own home that feeling that feeling of being in control is 100% what I I say the biggest perk um because you know that 100% of the attention is on you and they're not going to leave they're not going to walk out then they're going to say I'll be back in five minutes and your husband's running down the ward Mm. to try and chase the midwife who was checking on you like two seconds ago it happens Mm -hmm. so that is a, a major perk but I think that would be the main things having the kids around being close to family members and having that support really close um, yeah. soon after the baby's here uh, and being able to re- return back to some sort of normality yes. and knowing that you felt in control because you were in your own home that would be absolutely you know in terms of your partner Darcy do you think I mean did he have any concerns in particular and if he did what were some of the concerns that he had as your um, birthing partner? I think he just was, he wanted the consistency in care so that it was 
the same sort of midwives that we were seeing. Of the continued Yeah, and yes, that's another perk as well. It was the same time, the same people. Same it wasn't, yeah. A, yeah, it wasn't a roll of the dice, like, oh, who am I going to see this time for my um, urine test? Who am I going to see this time? It was the same. But what happened, which is a rare occurrence on this occasion, was the fact that my midwife, Jenny, was actually two days due date pregnant the same as I was oh. so of course she was gonna go on maternity yeah like just before I gave birth as well yeah. which is where Bev then was introduced probably at about 22 weeks to me okay. so still half halfway and um, enough mm. time to build a relationship but if Jenny hadn't been pregnant it would have been Jenny who probably would have been at the delivery so for a whole nine yeah. months you would have built that's like a friendship literally uh, yeah and we still keep in touch with Bev now as well um, mm. and I think that sort of that's so nice it's so so nice because yeah. it's, it goes beyond a job and in, she doesn't touch base about like obviously his development but we've now built like a, a friendship and because yeah. obviously we post about him on social and we must <laughs> uh, me and Darcy say it must be so weird her being the midwife and whenever I see that she's liked a photo of Dream or commented on Dream I was like she pulled him out into this world Literally. now she's watching him grow up and she's like that, that's just magical that's just yeah. brilliant yeah. <laughs> um so you know I realized that um you know you talk um it really is even in a talk you did I realized you you lost your mum. Um you know how did losing your mum influence you know you going through labor and birth? I know you touched on it a little bit um uh, before but yeah you know, do you mind just going to touch on Yeah that? yeah sure so losing mum was like the worst thing that's ever happened to me like losing mum whilst you're becoming a mum like it's like oh you're gonna have those same questions all over again it's like who am I gonna call when he's got a bit of a temperature who am I gonna call when his nappy's a funny colour like before you hit the professional stuff you usually hit your mum up on the phone and you're like look mum what's going on so the whole birthing experience was tough I think mentally I felt like she was there um especially even with um, dream which was a home birth knowing that Bev had had an interaction with my mum that really put me at peace she was very motherly she'd been in I think she's been in midwifery I'll probably get it wrong now it's probably like 19, <laughs> 19 years or 20 wow. years or something like that she wasn't new on the like she mm. was a seasoned midwife yes. who who um definitely you could feel her grip on you like the control like she wasn't nervous Mm. and that's the worst thing sometimes if you get a nervous professional because then that nerves trend it comes across yeah yeah. it comes across to you so um without mum it was tough I cried and cried and cried but Bev really reassured me going through the whole process itself I felt like mum was there I felt like Mm. she was definitely watching over me yeah um it was only after where I just felt like I really wanted to show, physically show him to her to kind yeah. of be like, look, mum, it's dream. Because mm. it's like, almost like I felt like she was there all through the process. And then when I came back round, as you do, like through the birthing experience, I was like, okay, where is she? To kind of be like, oh, look, here's, here's um, yeah. dream and stuff. Yeah. So, and we didn't have a name for him. And we just watched him. We watched him for a little while. We had the name Hezekiah. We liked the name Jude. Then we liked Noah. And again, we were able to take our time. In the evening, we were all sat on the sofa, having had the baby like six hours before, um, (laughs) watching TV with this newborn in our lap. And I looked at Darcy and I said, you know what, babe? I actually feel as if we're living the dream. And he looked at me and he said, dream. 
and that's how his name came about and um your dream is different to everyone else's dream um and i think once you realize that you stop chasing things that might not necessarily make you happy and you stop measuring yourself up against like societal norms and stuff and right now I, i think i'm the happiest i've ever been and I if you told me when mum passed away I would be able to say that I would have told you that you were lying because how can you be happy without no mum but I just know that everything that we do right now and that I do and everything how I put my all into it everything is because of her and would I have gone this hard if I hadn't lost my mum the probably the answer is no so it's like trusting in the journey that journey itself it's painful it's hard i'm generally a happy bubbly person yeah but i let myself feel my emotions i let myself because i cry not because it hurts a lot of times but more just like i miss it like kind of thing and i you what is it you grow through what you go through and and they talk about grief grief like this that sometimes it feels like a puddle that you can step straight through Mm. and other times it feels like a wave like a tsunami that's just overwhelming but they're both the same emotion but the way it affects you is so different and what's triggered it would be different so I let myself feel that emotion of course I communicate with Darcy and tell Darcy I know today's going to be an emotional day it usually starts from the moment I wake up or when I'm in the bath I can feel this frog in my throat and I'm yeah. like, today's going to be hard but I'm just going to let myself have this hard day yeah. um, and not feel guilty for laughing because mm-hmm. it took me a while to get back to my normal self and I yeah. think that's why I'm more active now on social it's almost like coming up to three I don't think people on social have seen me like they see that like they see me now mm. and that that took a journey took a journey like yeah. two three coming up to three years so it's like trust that time in trust the yes. process and allow yourself to feel the emotion but birth yeah. it, it's a beautiful thing and um, motherhood it's a beautiful thing if you allow yourself to be the mother that you only you can be not yes. the mother that other people are like the, the mother that only you can be because mm that 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 sort of self-belief in that mm-hmm. you will always do right by your children no matter who says like you're not doing enough and stuff yeah. just knowing how much you let those comments affect you um and being on social media that's adding another layer to the whole thing because <laughs> you're putting your life out there you're putting it's your true. life out there for people to tell you whether oh she posted her kids up at 9 30 why they're not in bed <laughs> like, you put, like you know if it if it doesn't matter to you and and you know that your children probably will be in bed or you're posting that when they're already in bed like it's feeling like you have to give everyone an explanation in motherhood that Mm. cripples us you don't owe anyone an explanation not your aunties (laughs) not your no honestly these aunties can come into your house after you just had a baby after you just had a baby like in three four days i said ah duni look at your house It's, it's untidy like what is what you for your husband? What are the children doing? Is this the same clothes I came yesterday and they're still wearing? And you're like, Auntie, I just had a baby. Like them Literally. expectations there. <laughs> nah. <laughs> like by this time, the third time round, oh, I'm coming round to do this. I'm like, Auntie, not yet. Do you know, know that you're in control. <laughs> know that you're in control. Uh-uh. 
your mm-hmm. mom would have done this. Oh, thank oh, you so much, Auntie. Thank, thank you so much. Uh, I know your mother's not there. Let me be, I'm, I'm your mother. Like, uh, some aunties will say stuff that will emotionally trigger you. Yeah. And uh, you just have to bite your tongue and just be like, okay, cool. Okay, cool. So um, even co- we're actually coming to a close. What's your advice for mothers who are considering a home birth, but ha- perhaps they're a bit fearful of, um, of pursuing a home birth? I think do your research speak to people like you who have had similar experiences Mm. um social media is such an open place right now you'll find someone uh Mm. and also like don't let fear or or don't let the fear that some maybe someone you let me start again don't let the fear that you don't know someone very close to you who hasn't done it stop you from doing it yeah start start it yourself like because Mm. if Maya probably when she grows up and she wants to consider her birth options and she's having a baby like I'm sure that home birth will be top of that she'll find that normal yeah so we're creating the new normal so just because it's done a certain way people talk about what you're packing in your hospital bag well, you don't need to pack a hospital bag if you're in your house. <laughs> you don't need to, what hospital bag? You just go back into, into your nighty that is on your bed and there stuff. There we go. But everybody's like, all that stuff, like oh, the whole process, forget about all the materialistic stuff and just focus on what is going to make you feel safest, most confident, and yes. at ease with the process. Yes. And if it's been in your own home, do your research, make your own playlist make it mm. take back the control take back yeah. the control don't just say yeah. oh, i can get this song from youtube put all the songs that make you happy on a playlist yeah make sure that you surround yourself with everything that makes you feel like you it's almost mm-hmm. like an outer body experience isn't it when you're given birth but if you can do everything that keeps you grounded your favorite smells whether it's your joe malone diffuser or um whatever it is yeah just i think once you consider it, start thinking about everything that's going to go right, not okay. about what could go wrong, but yes. equally stay informed yeah. about the questions that you could, you should be asking and, and make sure that you know that, yeah, the power's in your hand. Yeah, absolutely. Amen like Paddy McGuinness, like, like from Take Me Out. Don't what does he say? <laughs> <laughs> the power's in your hand. <laughs> see i'm not serious absolutely no. i've gone from crying to laughing like some nutter um yeah so yeah oh, cool. great. well honestly ola it was so great speaking to you today it was so i feel like we've gone from like high to low to up again That's what I'm saying. Up an emotional roller coaster today and i'm a bit like trying to keep up with it all trying not to that's cry what i'm saying <laughs> but that's what motherhood is like though as well like you can be crying now and you walk out and your daughter or your son says the funniest thing and you can't help but hug them and laugh it's full of peaks and troughs and like potholes everything but i think together as mums on this journey as we're yeah. f- forming this social community and we're not letting distance be a barrier to making connections mm. we're going to start changing the sort of um, information that it's out there for us to feel better informed and stuff yeah. like you like thank you so much for having me on this podcast thank you for creating a platform that's so that's em- empowering a conversation around just like birth and yeah. it's not a taboo subject it's not a like let's start changing the narrative and it starts by us being willing to share that's the number one thing absolutely absolutely. thank you thank Thank you you for being so vulnerable with us Ola and sharing your experience 
it was honestly a pleasure to have you today and we look forward to watching you on instagram and social media and seeing you grow and yeah hopefully connecting with you again soon thank you so much thanks guys and you can't hear me you can't see me doing this but i'm saying thank you i'm saying yeah namaste 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 bye thank you so much bye